You're listening to Foresight, a podcast about making work better. I'm your co-host, Mark Edgar, a recovering CHRO who now works as a consultant, facilitator and coach on a mission to make work more human. And I'm Naomi Teitelman, a former big firm consultant and HR executive, now striving to make work better one organization and one leader at a time. Every week, we'll discuss the latest trends that are impacting the new world of work to help you be a better leader for the future. Welcome to Foresight, a podcast about making work better, brought to you by Future Forward. My name is Mark Edgar, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Naomi Teitelman. Hey, Mark. Good to be here. Good to be here, Naomi. How have you been? What have you been up to? I've been good, thanks. I'm really counting down the days to the holidays. I'm going to my annual trip that hasn't been annual, as we know, to Jamaica in the next few days, in about a week or so. So excited about that. Love and hate this time of year. I find it's, you know, could be very overwhelming, but also such a joy to be with family and kind of relaxing and and taking a step back and reflecting. So a bit of a love-hate relationship with this time of year. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I can always enjoy this time of year in many respects. I think things do start to quieten down a little bit and gives me a chance to connect with a few people. So yeah, I've been catching up with a few people who seem to have a bit more time in their diaries for coffees and stuff, which has been fun after everyone's had such a busy year. But you're right, it's definitely a busy time for everybody. You see everyone kind of rushing around doing their thing. We're actually staying at home this holiday, which would be nice. Yeah, the traveling and all that kind of stuff. But I know this trip's important because you've you've had a few full starts over the last couple of years. So I'm hopeful that you'll, I'm sure you're going to make it this time and have a great time, which would be fantastic. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes. But we had a great response to our first episode. So thank you for everybody who reached out to us and excited to get into episode two. And today we're going to be digging a little bit deeper on the whole concept of hybrid work following a couple of comments that came back from some of our listeners. So we'll get into that in a second. But as always, I thought it was a great place to start was with a check-in. So kind of ask, going to ask you the check-in question, Naomi, and for today, recognizing we are coming to the end of the year. I'm curious to hear from you what you've seen as being your biggest learning that you've had in 2022. Could be something for you, could be something that you've kind of seen more broadly. But yeah, what's been your biggest learning in 2022? Mm, such a good question. Such a big question. So off the cuff, I think my biggest learning has really been the importance of connection. I'll go with that, the importance of connection. So after two years without it, at least in person, obviously love connecting with people on Zoom and that I don't take that for granted at all. Had this happened 10 years ago, we would not feel as connected as we do through the pandemic. But after two years without it in person, I don't think I'll ever again take for granted getting together with people in person. So hugging family members, being able to visit with friends, in-person client meetings, back to in-person travel, all those things I will never again take for granted. And I don't think my kids will take that for granted, hopefully again. So interesting that it's happened at a very formative time in their lives. And hopefully they will you know, keep this with them as something that we need to be grateful for, that we have the means to get together in person. And yeah, I'm just really, really thankful for that. And that's been just a really big learning because as much as I've loved my Zoom happy hours, not really, I'm happy to never do one ever again. And I think we kind of became okay with being apart until we realized how important connection is now that we have it back. So really that freedom to be together is 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 a really big learning for me that it's so important for us as humans as society so yeah i, I would i would go with that one what about you mark what's your biggest learning of 2022 mm, love it. yeah 
No, that's a great one. Connection is really important. I, I do, I'm just pause for a second, because I'm curious where the Zoom happy hour went. Like, who decided that Zoom happy hours weren't weren't the the best thing that was ever invented? Because they, they were for a while, weren't they? They were yeah. a theme, if you think back. So They were. They were um, they were all the rage. but All the rage. Yeah, and then just kind of just went away. I don't Certainly. know who decided. I don't know if, if someone at Apple must have made it go away. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember getting the memo to say they've yeah. gone away, but similarly, not something I miss. But yeah, for me, I think it's it's probably been more of a reminder than a, a learning over the year. But it's really, in some ways, ties into the topic we, we're going to continue to discuss today. But I think I've had a, a big revelation that that human leadership, as we call it, so so really taking a people first approach to how you lead is the way to go. And I don't think I was ever in doubt of that. And certainly like to think it's the way in which I've been a leader in the past and, and the way that I encourage leaders to think about things these days. But certainly seen, I think, that much reinforced over the last year as we've continued to deal with some very turbulent times. So I think that's my big reflection, particularly as we go into 2023. I think we're going to see a lot of momentum as people think about their leadership philosophy and try and introduce a much more human approach, which again, I suspect will be a topic that we'll we'll talk about some stage in the future. So so that'll yeah. be a really big learning. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm curious to go there just for a moment because, you know, sometimes we hear skeptics or or people confused by what do we mean by human-centered leadership? Like, isn't that really just leadership? So just, you know, in a very quick, you know, nutshell, how would you differentiate human-centered leadership from just regular run-of-the-mill leadership? Yeah, and no, I think it's a good challenge. I think we, we've certainly, and we, yeah, you and I have come across this, people who are slightly questioning or, or, or raises an eyebrow when they think about how we're, how we actually use that terminology. And let's be honest, there's no shortage of, of leadership models out there. But for me, you know, a, a human centered leadership model is, is really taking a, a people first approach. If you, you focus on the people, make sure that they're looked after, that they feel that they're engaged. That they have the the empowerment to do their work, and that's going to deliver the results. And you know, certainly, in sometimes in my experience, I've worked for organisations where it's been flipped, and they've had too much focus on shareholders and not enough focus on their people. So it's obviously a lot more nuanced to that. But yeah, that, mm. that's how I would think about it: is focus on the people and let them focus on the business. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So thanks for thanks for sharing that. I think very simple, not easy, but very simple. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so let's get into the topic of the day, which is or the week, I should say, which was came to us from some of the conversations that we heard back or some of the feedback we heard from some of our listeners after episode one. So if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to episode one, let me just give you a quick reminder that we spent some time talking about hybrid work, really on the basis that that's probably the topic that we've seen our clients talk about most in the last 12 months, certainly, and that will probably continue. And, and we both have some pretty strong views when it comes to hybrid work. And, and we talked through in a bit more detail what our approach was in the last episode. But we had a couple of questions from people who were curious about what do we really mean about the office and, and how's the office going to really be used to ensure that it is part of a hybrid work strategy. So in the last episode, we talked about the fact that you really need to be quite deliberate and think about the activities that go on in the office versus the activities that are much better to be done by somebody in their home office location. And we had a couple of queries just to, from people to get into some of that in a bit more detail. So we thought, well, why not respond to our listeners' curiosity? And we'll spend a bit more time thinking about that today. 
So Naomi, why don't you tee that up? Because I know you've you've been given this a lot of thought and you have a kind of a sense of of how the office should be used. Yeah. And I just had a really funny thought, actually. So right now we're encountering a lot of leaders who are, let's say, disappointed that someone doesn't show up in the office for a given task or activity. Can you can you imagine a leader saying, why did you come to the office today? You should have been doing this at home. Right. Like so in a hybrid model, there should be equal share of that. Right. And so this is what we, we keep on articulating this us versus them mentality. Like we really should be focused on both serve a purpose and let's try to encourage and coach one another on both sides, right? So leaders not being frustrated only if people don't show up in the office. Also encouraging, oh, you know, I noticed you were on Zoom all day today. On this type of day going forward, please feel free to work from home, right? Right. Like I would love to get to that place. I would love to get to that place. Yeah. In the meantime, so, you know, we talk a lot about, so I'm not going to go too deep down this rabbit hole, but the whole conversation of how many days people should be in the office versus not has been a real sticking point that organizations are are grappling with, right? Should it be a two and three model? Should it be a three and two model? Should it be a four and one model? Whatever the case is. So that it's not enough to just tell people you are expected to be in the office three days a week, right? Like, like if, if you're using a design thinking approach and you're on the receiving end of that message, that's not very helpful and that's not very motivating. It's not very inspiring. Just sending out a message saying you're expected to be in the office three days a week. So I'll go a step further. We won't talk about the three and two and what the optimal is because quite frankly, again, we're in a trial and error phase and that that ratio is very different, not just for different organizations, but different groups within organizations and different individuals within those groups of organizations. So we won't go there. But what I will say as a next step is, you know, articulating the why and not from a defensive point of view, but from a genuine, like trying to motivate and inspire our people point of view, right? So really, why is it important for us to be together in person some of the time? And that could be, you know, relationship building, and it could be all sorts of different macro ideas of why it's important for us to connect in person some of the time at the very highest level. And then at this juncture, when we're still struggling with what do I do in the office, I think we can even go a step further as organizations and or as you know leaders within individual teams to give people a sense of what types of things they can do when they're in the office. I mean, it, it might sound very micro and it might sound trite, but if you give people examples of things that are really best suited when you're in person in the office, we'll avoid everyone coming to the office, rolling their eyes because they have no space to sit in and, and you know, and dismissing it as a waste of their time. So I just have a, a three ideas and these are not mutually exclusive or collectively exhaustive. As I like to say, Misi, they're not. But just a few ideas of what you can encourage people to do, or, you know, if you're not a leader, what you can think about doing when you're in the office. So it falls in three categories. The first one is around deep collaboration. So not all collaboration needs to be done face-to-face with your team members. But deep collaboration, when you're working together on solving one specific problem, 
And, you know, either there's high time pressure or, you know, it's very complex. It's very helpful to be physically in the same room with one another. And this deep collaboration is a term that was coined by Gustavo Rossetti in his latest book, Remote Not Distant. And I really love the concept because I, I, what I don't like is people saying we can't collaborate unless we're in person because that is way too broad and way too general and not helpful. But deep collaboration, meaning, you know, heads down, we used to call it a war room. You know, you're, you're, you're in a boardroom with your fellow colleagues trying to solve a problem. It's probably easier to align and get to decisions quicker when you're physically in a room together. Can it be done on Zoom? Yes. Can it be done through I was just reading an article about, you know, turning on your camera and just being all co-working, but virtually just so you have, you know, opportunity to ask each other questions. Sure, it could be done if we didn't have any other option. But optimally, I think deep collaboration is really well suited as an activity to be done from the office. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, because it's I mean, it would be a concern if we haven't been able to collaborate over the last couple of years through virtual technology. But what I'm hearing is this distinction between the type of collaboration that you're doing. So the collaboration is serving, hence the name, I guess, kind of a, a deeper or, or or more, say I say more important, but it's it's kind of a deeper problem that's been, that you're trying to solve is where the value is of actually being in person. So yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. And then the second one I'll, I'll mention is, is on the job learning. So Again, not all learning needs to be done in person. And, you know, I think over the past several years, we've kind of redefined what we even mean by learning. And so, you know, learning comes everywhere. And there are formal training programs that we go to that can be done online, offline, in person, you know, multiple channels. But there was a study that that was that was presented at the latest remote working conference that was spearheaded through some professors at Stanford and at Harvard, including Nick Bloom. So the the study presented showed that even in a digital world, so even in the case of people who are working on digital products or coding or whatever the case is, being in proximity with their team members increased the frequency of feedback. And so we don't often think about feedback as learning, but it really is, right? Like it's the most important part of on-the-job learning. It's really getting that real-time feedback from people. So really interesting. I mean, I won't go through the whole study, but they did some tests on you know, people in the same team working in two separate buildings on the same campus and people, you know, on the same team working in, you know, a building and remotely and all sorts of different scenarios. And it was shown that the, the frequency and quality of feedback when when in a room face to face or in proximity with people was was higher. And I, I, I don't know if that has something to do with trust, right? Like when you see people, you're able to give more candid feedback. It doesn't seem like a big deal. It's not waiting for a product to be finished and then say, oh, by the way, you know, you could have done something differently two weeks ago, right? It's more kind of in the flow feedback. And that's really, really important to on-the-job learning, especially in teams that are either newly formed or have some new team members that are just getting up to speed. So I thought that was a really, really interesting study that even in work that is digital, right, that is on people's computers, it's still really important to be in proximity with one another in order to be able to learn on the job. Right. Yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, we, we'll make sure that the link to the study reference is in the show notes so people can can access that. But it certainly resonates. Uh, you have certainly seen a lot with, with clients who are saying that they are struggling to 
to think about how they they bring to life, certainly for younger people starting their careers, give them the opportunities to really develop their kind of careers and their learning in the same way. That seems to be one of the the demographics that seem to be perhaps more more negatively, you could say, impacted by a full remote kind of arrangement. So so that yeah. the on the job part of that is certainly important. So what's yeah. the third then? So you've got deep collaboration on the job training. And then the third one is just around exchanging human energy or connection or relationship okay. building. And so, you know, again, there are going to be people who say, I've done just fine building and maintaining relationships over the past two years. I can do this via Zoom. I can do this on Teams. And yes, you can. But now that we have the freedom and flexibility to not be on Zoom and 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 meet each other in person back to what I'm thankful for for this year or my learning from the from the past year nothing replaces the in-person energy exchange among humans and there's nuance that's lost when we're when we're on zoom it's just it's it, it there's something to be said about again maybe it's back to the trust thing but building those bonds in person it doesn't have to be exclusively in person, but it does help to think about. And so to make this practical, when you're in the office, you may not want to book back to back to back to back meetings. You may want to leave some time to, you know, walk around and get a sense of the vibe that's in the office and say hi to people and, you know, ad hoc meet for a coffee and, you know, all those things that, 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 that we talk about important in person. That's not to say it has to happen every single day, but when you are in the office, let's not waste the time in the office. Let's really be deliberate about about really forming those human connections and human bonds. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it sort of sounds like, as you say, again, have to be take some personal responsibility in a way, but be very deliberate in blocking out that time so that you're not kind of just rushing from one meeting to the next, even if some of those are in person. It's the the opportunity just to to connect with people. I had a good kind of experience of that recently. I was doing a work with a, a team based out in Calgary and, and I'd done all of the sessions with them virtually. We were doing a series of sessions. Then I had the opportunity to do one in person and it was so different. It was a really good reminder of the opportunity to have just to see some of the body language and to, certainly as a facilitator, it was helpful. But I think for everybody, just the opportunity to to really build those connections. And you made the point around trust. And I think you're, you're dead on. I think you do have to really take the time to really connect in person. The exchange of human energy is a great way of building trust. That's where the the relationships build. And you know, I think sometimes we forget that. It's a, yeah. a great way of thinking about it. Yeah. So we've got deep collaboration. So the activities that, that we should think about in terms of what the office is for, back to the question we had from one of our listeners, is around deep collaboration, on-the-job training, and and relationship building. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know... Nothing is perfect. Nothing is set in stone. But just keeping this in mind, you know, back to my mental constructs and my mental models, you know, just keeping ourselves in check when we're at home versus when we're in the office and really being, you know, as you said, deliberate about what we choose to do in those different situations. And we will iterate and learn. We will learn that, oh, that should have been done in person or that should have been done remotely. But that's okay. We are in a, a period of transformation. And so we have to let ourselves you know, test things out and learn and do differently or do more of the same of what works. But just thought, just thought it's it's helpful to think about it in kind of those three buckets, not to say there's not others. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, we have answered a question from a listener. Good stuff. <laughs> Great. 
So as always, we end an episode with our feel good. So Naomi, what are you feeling good about at the moment? So I'm a little bit worried about saying this out loud. And so if this doesn't happen, like I mentioned at the beginning of this this episode, actually, I might have a not feel good next week. But my feel good is that I am heading to Jamaica very, very shortly with my family after two years being canceled by COVID. So I'm feeling really good about that. It's my son's fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It's my son's 13th birthday and we're going to have a wonderful week in the sun. What about you, Mark? What's your feel good this week? Amazing. So I have my in-laws arriving very shortly. And so it'd be nice to have them here. Perhaps more importantly, because they won't listen to this podcast, is that my daughter is also arriving for holidays from the from the UK. So excited to have her around. And then my other daughter is similarly arriving in another few days. So yeah, just starting to get everybody, get the family together and starting to get those preparations ready ready for the holiday season that is ahead of us. So yeah, it's nice. good, good times, good times. Nice. Good, feel good holidays. Yeah. Of that. So we will try and squeeze out another episode between all of the holidays and everything between now and next week. So listen out for that. It's been great to be with you today, Naomi, and to share our perspectives around the value of the office and the value of that connection. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. If you make it to Jamaica, which I'm sure you will. So we'll speak soon. Likewise, likewise. I look forward to cheersing our our respective New Year's and thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be in touch next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Foresight. If you enjoyed the episode, we would love to hear from you. Leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Your ratings and reviews also help more people like you find our show so that we can reach more future forward leaders and achieve our mission of making work better. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Future Forward and sign up for our weekly newsletter, Foresight, on our website, futureforward.com. That's F-U-T-U-R-E-F-O-H-R-W-A-R-D.com, where we share even more about the new world of work. Talk to you next week.